Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, the Denver Broncos season strings of uh, playoff-less outings is going to continue this year after going 0-3 at home already. Against three bad teams. Eight years The only team uh, they're tied with, those same New York Jets that just came in and beat them last year, like they did with Zach Wilson the year before, mind you. I know they're all starting to blur together, but that's two straight years with losses at home to Zach Wilson and the Jets. It is Monday, and on a Mental Health Monday, we check in with Dr. Rick Priya for our checkup. From the neck up, Dr. Rick, thanks for joining us. I'm great to be here, man. All right, Dr. Rick, the website, uh, think14u.org, the number four in that, think14u.org. Let's start off uh, at the end where the Broncos uh, had the fumble. Russell Wilson uh, tried to scramble, didn't get away, tackled from behind, the ball comes loose, and uh, and bounces directly into the arms of of the Jets who then take it back for the game-ending touchdown. Uh, Sean Payton is irate at Russell Wilson. At the end of that, Wilson uh, I, does doesn't you know doesn't give him the Heisman. Does turn around, does listen, but just kind of stares, listens to Peyton say his piece, and then walks towards the bench. Given the fact that Wilson, on multiple occasions, has already been blamed for Broncos losses by Sean Payton, how quickly could this relationship deteriorate? What have you seen? I think it's already deteriorating, and I think that's an indicator by what the way. Uh, Wilson walked off the field and by Peyton. Apathy is the first word that comes to my mind. Yeah. Very apathetic. Like just he cares, but he really doesn't care. I mean, he's gotten to the point now where I think he, you know, it, it's interesting. Throughout the game, I watched him non-verbally as much as I can because that's really a true indicator of behavior. And um, you know, he got excited when they, you know, they made a run and when they were in the lead, and he got a little excited and was first high. half. Yeah, and he was, okay. you know dapping everybody up but the minute that something negative happens or bad happens I mean his chin just goes in the dirt immediately and you know I I was thinking to myself I I really believe this that something's not right with him off the field and I'm not going to be you know sit here with a crystal ball or something but there's something really not right with him because when he is on a football field he just does not look he again situationally he can look really good yeah but overall, generally uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And that, in that, you know, the the time when you know Sean tried to talk to him after yeah. that fumble was very illuminating. In that, he looked at him and kind of looked at him sideways, and then yeah. just walked away. Right. Whereas, I mean, you know, you got to care about that stuff. You got to come up and look the coach in the eye and say, "Yeah, okay, here's what happened. Here's here's what you know we need to do." And be engaged. But he's so disengaged emotionally and psychologically. So. I just think it's it's over for him. I, I want to follow up very quickly. He is not alone, though. We talked about that during the first hour, and I'm not saying Peyton is yelling at everybody. Uh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But 
he's not the only player who seems disengaged. The whole team is disengaged. Yeah. And, you know, from a technical standpoint, Sean made the uh, observation earlier. He looked at the all 22 tape. It's not like their receivers running open all over the field in the second half. They did one thing the Jets did, and the announcers weren't smart enough apparently to pick up on this. The Jets put a spy on Russell Wilson in the second half. Yep. Russell Wilson didn't hurt the Jets with his arm in the first half. He hurt the Jets with his legs in right. the first half. Uh, so they put a spy on him, and that was the end of that. Yeah. No, absolutely. But what's missing here in Denver, I mean, you know, people – someone was saying yesterday they, it, it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't look right. Here's what's going on with it's Denver. disjointed. Everything on offense is disjointed. Yeah. But, you know, again, it and comes it back jumps. It comes back to the neck up. I mean, you guys talk all you want about the neck down, the performance piece, the football piece, and that's important. Don't get me wrong. But the neck up is important. And here's what I want the listeners and viewers to understand. Every team has a team psychologist, okay? And it's usually a clinical psychologist, which helps people in terms of their issues and challenges you know, perceptions, but every team needs to have two psychologists. Every major league team is required to have two mental health experts. Okay. The NFL should require it too, but here's what they need to require is a performance psychologist because what a performance psychologist does is they come in and they talk about focus, concentration, motivation, and they give players techniques and tools of how to do that. I mean, I've said here before, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Ryan Harris, um, Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware have said that I was the difference for them that year. And it's not because we sat there and talked about what went wrong when they were five years old. It was because we talked about techniques and protocols, how to get them on the parasympathetic side, which is the calm side of the autonomic nervous system, so they could play at peak performance. And so what the NFL needs to do is become more – it needs to become more um, cutting edge and understand you need a clinical guy, but you also – or gal – and you need a performance guy and gal from the neck up because if you don't have that, coaches don't learn anywhere about motivation. I could ask Sean Payton, give me the five steps to, to motivation from a human behavioral perspective. He has no idea. no idea. Vance Joseph, who I love, who yeah. I've been around, yeah. he has no idea about yeah. those behavioral pieces. So what, what people need to understand, a team like Denver, who their defense coming into the season was supposed to be a strong point for them, I mean, it, it's not the neck down. I'm telling you. They got Nick Benito's playing better than he's ever played. They got several guys in there that are playing really well. They don't have that mood. They don't have that energy. They don't have that passion that you see with teams that are flying all over the field. 49ers last night. Yeah, and that's where and where that comes from is from a performance psychologist that can do things that coaches don't understand how to do from a motivational perspective. It, it also can come to an extent, and I like what you, you were talking about there, from the coaches. And if you have – we've seen this change. You know, we've All three of us have been in, in sports for a while in all sorts of different areas. The my way or the highway head coach has kind of come and gone. Players make way more money. They want to be invested in the why. When you go out and you realize that if you do something right, everyone's going to say, great, that's expected. If you do something wrong, you're going to get called out and blamed. After a while, it's hard to relax and then perform at your best because there's a part of fear in that too, realizing that if I screw up, I'm going to get called out. But if I just kind of blend in with everybody else, people do this in, in their work life every day. It happens all the time. You know, you can, right. you can stand out, but if being stand out isn't really being rewarded, but being making mistakes, you know, taking a risk 
is penalized, well, you're discouraging people from trying to take chances. Right. You're discouraging people for trying to do more than they otherwise would do and try to make a leap to the next level. And I think what we're seeing to an extent, you know, we can talk about that Wilson Peyton dynamic. If you're Russell Wilson, I can also, at least from a hypothetical standpoint, look and say, if I'm just going to get hollered at and balled out in the press conference as the person who lost us the game every time anyway, okay, I'm just going to listen to him rant and then go on my merry little way because I can't yeah. change that. So the problem is that environment to me is starting to appear toxic right. because now neither side even wants to deal with the other. Right. But here's something that pro sports could learn from the corporate world. The corporate world understands that motivation comes from a scientific perspective. Like there's human beings respond to what we call intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, which are fancy words for internal and external. Sometimes it's not the coach that needs to motivate them. It, it reminds me of, of like my role at Think One, what I do. I don't like to deal with the money part. I don't like to talk to people about how much it costs for my services. I don't like because that's. I want to focus on what I do. So I have my assistants talk about the money part. And and, and it doesn't sour the relationship. Like, how much? How much does it cost? I can focus on what I do. When coaches focus on motivation, when coaches focus on performance, that's not what they're trained to do. They're, they're X and O guys. They're scheme guys. Stay in your lane. What's going to happen in, 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 in pro sports is it will get to the point. And by the way, and you know I've said this many times, Sandy, there's six or seven teams in the NFL right now that have already done that and are doing it. And the other teams need to catch on to that because what happens is when you when, when, when I'm the linebacker coach and I'm motivating linebackers, I need to be teaching them. I need to be helping them to be in the scheme in the right situation. My, my time shouldn't be spent motivating them. The time motivating them is with a specific person, and that's the, your performance psychologist, helping them understand the techniques and tools because those are the ones that are trained to do it. I mean, we're asking coaches, and again, we're in 2023. Remember, let's think about 50 years from now. We, we have been trained to think that coaches handle all of that, the motivation, the inspiration. They don't. They don't. There are some that do, and you can say things like Mike Dicka was motivational, and, and certain coaches were motivational. But I'm telling you, the future is that we have specialized people that understand human behavior, that understand how to get guys to play at their peak level of energy, effort, and passion. But here's where I, I think I'm understanding you correctly. Here's where ownership comes in. Yes. And gives Sean Payton, in this instance here, almost $20 million a year to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. If you're paying somebody that kind of money, he's coach, he's head of football operations, he's performance psychologist, and he is keeping track of how many paper clips uh, <laughs> the organization yeah. needs from week to week to week. If you're paying somebody that much money, you are by definition empowering him. I said earlier, as an analytical statement and from a novice perspective psychology, psychologically, the best thing for this team to do, and they can't do it right away, but at the end of the season, would be to disempower 
Sean Payton. He's got a contract, so he can't cut his salary. Right. But disempower him and bring in not only more people on the performance psychology side, but hire Adam Peters and make him head of football operations. Oh, man. Because he is effectively the closest thing to that in the NFL right now. You just got – I got goosebumps. Because if they bring Adam Peters in here as their GM, or call him what you want, EVP is – But he's got to be empowered. It can't be George Payton, the staff secretary. No, Adam Peters, um, (laughs) this organization would get better very quick. Because he understands. No, that's what the owners. They will know. They will know. Uh, Trust me. They will know. I'll make sure they know. Um, Because, you know, Adam, for for the people listening, Adam Peters is the brightest star out there as a a future GM, executive vice president. He's turned down four jobs that have been offered to him. At least. Because San Francisco keeps elevating his pay (laughs) and giving him new titles to encourage him not to leave. Because, you know, John Lynch is the the GM there. But Adam Peters, in in my opinion, and with evidence and research, he's the guy behind a lot of those personnel moves. He he really is the guy, the nuts and bolts there, and he understands performance psychology. He understands it from top to bottom. He's been trained in it. So that being said, you got to bring some leadership in here that understands it. And I think that's the biggest mistake that the new owners made. And and I don't blame them because they didn't really want to come in and just start giving people pink slips. But I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think Peyton can be here. I just don't think he's not, 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 not the head coach, but no, the, the GM. George Peyton. Yeah, George, he can't be here. There's no way with the with the move he made with Russell Wilson. And by the way, I talked to some Seattle people in the last week, and their their sentiment was exactly what I've told you guys. What team lets go of a quarterback that's going to help you win a world championship? They knew he couldn't help him win a world championship. They were willing to let him go. And then us here in Denver, we're biting hook, line, and sinker, especially the fans saying we're going to win a Super Bowl. Are you kidding well, that, me? You I, gave I'll up. put the media ahead of the fans on that one. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, we gave up way too much money, way too many players for a guy that was is washed up. And by the way, we're finding out psychologically is really not competent. At this point in his career, he's really not. And he'll have a good game here and there, don't get me wrong, because he's athletic and he can make plays. But neck up, neck down, he's not connected with his teammates. And I, this stuff I know. He's not connected with his teammates. He's not connected with his coaches. I don't know who he's connected with. I really don't. I really don't know who he's connected with. And I do my research. So I just think what needs to happen in the future is the ownership needs to understand they need to move on from George. They need to move on from some other people in the front office and get this organization back to where it should be. It, you know, it, quite honestly, it pisses me off because they, they, can, they can make the moves to make this thing happen. We'll see if they do. Going forward now for the rest of this season, and obviously the trade deadline is in a few weeks. It's on Halloween day. And the, the situation for the Broncos is I would imagine if you weren't brought in by Sean Payton, you're available. It's just a matter of yep. uh, how much it's going to be or if you want them. But how important is it at this point over the next couple of weeks to evaluate your players and realize what guys can't help us right. anymore? Yeah. And, 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 and no matter what the name is on the back of the jersey, whether they're familiar, whether they're unfamiliar, uh, how important is it to realize, like, these guys can't help us and just get what you can because this turnaround is going to take a while. This isn't a one-year fix. Yeah. Well, I, I think everyone's on the chopping block and the trading block, whatever you want to call it, because I saw some atrocious play yesterday. I saw Justin Simmons tackle like 
a friggin' fifth grader. I mean, yeah. wrap somebody up and tackle them. Right. I saw him pursuing right. somebody in the open field, not running full speed. And, and again, and again, that's not from neck down. Justin Simmons can run a four five five. Okay, he didn't run it yesterday. Why? Well, it's neck up. I mean, if someone does not perform to their physical potential, it goes to neck up. So everybody's on the block. I'd even say, you know, PS two, Sertan. He's he's. Oh, I, I think they'll listen. They'll listen. I think they, they'll listen. They'll gotta listen because. Right now, I think what's happened, the climate and culture of this team has exposed everybody for who they really are. <laughs> it's really exposed everybody for who they are. I there's agree. a there's a couple of people, like Nick Benito, whatever that guy's drinking, I want that for my son because my son had a sack this weekend, and I said, go watch that dude, what he's doing. But I'm telling you He's right the now, only guy who's playing defensively to me with a semblance of energy. But it's not just energy, Sandy. He's making plays, and that's the key. They got to well, so have is play and Mims, and they can't get on the field. <laughs> okay, there you go. Decision-making, too. So what we've got to understand is the Denver Broncos, from the ownership on down, need to understand how much, how important it is from the neck up to activate the neck down. And, and how that dynamic works together, right, with, yeah. with the people that they've empowered to yeah. work with their players. That seems yeah. to be part of it, too. So, I mean, really, at this point, feels like everything's on the table. Everything's on the table, coaches, everything, yeah. because – because, like I said, there's people in that organization I love as people, but they're not doing their job. And if they're not doing their job, they better be called out. Because otherwise, you know, we could be sitting at, you know, we mentioned earlier, we could be sitting at 1-8, 1-9, 2-10. and, eight, one and, nine, two and ten. I mean, this is not going to get any better, guys. They won't be favored until the Patriots. Uh, and that's, I think that's Christmas. Is it Christmas Eve, Sandy, I think? I, or no, close to it's it. earlier than that. Okay. But it's like eight days from Christmas. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's, that's the next game they'll be favored at. Uh, but I'm telling maybe. you this. Maybe. Bill Belichick was going to have that ship, maybe not performing at a hot at peak levels, but good enough at that point. Yeah. And if you know, again, they may not win another game. They no, may yeah, not. That's entirely possible. Want to ask you about the two Sanders, and I'm going to read you a quote. Actually, one from Shadur and one from Dion, and they're different kinds of quotes. Um, this is Shadur Sanders after the game that they barely won. Yeah. Gave up a 24-17 lead, got tied with under a minute to go. I think it was 50 seconds. He takes him down, they kick a field goal, win the game by three. Um, This is Shadur. I was really just taking accountability of what's going on in the game. Uh, And he had been, maybe, if you saw some of the shots, during the third quarter anyway, when things weren't going real well on the sidelines, sitting by himself. But he said, you know, I'm holding the ball a little bit too long, not really going through everything, not basically playing perfect. So that's how it was. And then I'm on the side and I'm frustrated. And finally, it's like it's time. It's time to do whatever it takes to win. And by any means, you could take matters in your own hands. Here's the coach after the game, uh, seething, saying, we have the talent, man. We have some talented young men. We have some talented people inside this locker room. We just have got to put it all together, and I'm sorry with my impatience. I don't have patience for too much in life, you ask my kids. He had earlier said as part of that kind of venting after the game, we played like hot garbage. Yeah. 
whose quote do you like better? Either one, both, neither well, one. Well, I mean, they both come down to culture, and you know, for for what San, what Dion said is, we have talented kids, we have a talented, we have talented personnel. Well, okay, if that's the case, then how how do you coach them up? Right. How do you get the coaches right. to get them to play to their potential? Which they didn't do Saturday night, right? No, even though they won, no. And you know the, the next six games that they're, they're like in a similar situation with the Broncos. I, I, a they, little bit. They may except not, for Stanford on Friday. Yeah, but I, again, as you know, I, hey, there's a few turnovers here and there. That game could go any any way. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: that you know, it's the coach's job to coach him up. You know, like I was talking about with the NFL, the NFL has more staff at at its mercy. They have yeah. more money. They can. Right sink into a performance psychologist but the same thing in the in in college football um you, you look at alabama alabama's had performance psychologists since 2007 you know um the the guy that was um russell wilson's trevor moad yeah i used to see him at alabama all the time we run time. into each other yeah. with you there that yeah, was alabama's guy too so Alab- the top teams in in college football also use performance psychologists to help them maximize their potential. So I think what Dion needs to do is just really focus on, you know, the accountability structure and discipline, which he says he is, he's an old school guy, but I would say not so much of the overt boastful kind of what we're going to do. Just do it. Just Just do do it. it. Just prove it on the field, prove it on the field. And then I'm all good with him. I mean, if he goes out there and they just, they beat teams and because they threw structure and accountability discipline, I'm I'm good with that, but this this thing where you you know they're calling it the Shador now that he shows the watch and all the you know yeah that, I, I could live just, without that it's over the but top the, but the substance with with Shador he seems to sense when he has to take over a game because he's the best player. But do you realize there's coaches in their conference right now that are saying that he's eating the ball so he keeps his completion percentage of yeah, yeah it doesn't make I any sense but that's, he has well, the most yards in college football yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah. right no nobody looks at the uh at heisman voting and says what's his completion percentage no i get it yeah. but i'm just telling you from from an egocentric perspective and dion and his son it may there may be some elements to it i just think i would believe anything when it comes to dion in terms of the me 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 side i can tell you that because I just have seen it for too long, and I still see it, and I still hear it. I want people to understand I analyze behavior at a deep level, not just what I hear. I I analyze what I see, and I analyze what he's done in the past and the people he knows. And people as recent at at Jackson State have told me face-to-face he's all about himself. At the end of the day, he's all about himself, and these are people that have worked with him. He is Dr. Rick Brea. You can catch him on his website, of course, think14u.org. That's think14u.org. And every Monday right here on our checkup from the neck up. Thanks so much, Doc. Appreciate it. Adam Peters, baby. Remember yeah, that name. That's right. Someone's <laughs> going to make the right move. Uh, we'll see if it's the Denver Broncos for sure. This is uh, your program as well, too. The number is 303-831-1340. The Broncos season is effectively over. The question is, what will they do with the rest of the wreckage? And that is, by the way, um... 12 more games. We'll talk about it next on My Life Sports.
Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. The Denver Broncos have a short week to turn it around. Now, depending on who you talk to, the short week might be a good thing because you get to flush the uh, loss, although I don't know uh, if you can really flush no these that quick. no good thing about a loss like that and no. then a short week to follow, and it's followed by a trip to Kansas City. There's nothing good about it. Patrick Mahomes is saying, I'm playing terrible. He is. And we're winning in spite him. of me. Uh, he's not playing terrible. Uh, he doesn't have great For mere stats. Mortals, he's but, a, um, yeah, but he's, we are, and I have to remind myself of this all the time. Uh, the stats come out of the game. The game doesn't come out of the stats. Correct. The Chiefs aren't defined by Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Stats. They're four and one, right? Last time I checked, they're four yeah. and one. Okay. Their offense works just fine. He's been sacked a grand total of four times. Yes. Yeah. He's 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 getting okay. protection. <laughs> Teams are coming up with ways to try to stop him. Every single week, they, they're throwing the kitchen sink at him every single week, and they're still winning. And when you need a play to be made, oh, yeah. he's there to make it, uh, and he has Kelsey with him, and Kelsey goes out of the game yesterday, and you're sure he's out for at least the rest of the game. He comes back in because he's a tough guy, whatever you may think of him, he's a tough guy. But I'll tell you what, the tight end I saw last night playing for the San Francisco 49ers Oh. just as good. Yeah, to, to me, Kittle healthy. and health, Kelsey are one and one, one A. And one Pick a. what order you like. A, as long B, as they're both healthy, uh, they're as good as anybody. And, and give this to, to Mahomes as well. Now, Kelsey is Kelsey. We get that. He's got 222 yards and three touchdowns. Let me give you the next leading receivers on the team, and let me know, not a name, see if you can picture them in your head. If you can tell me what their jersey number is, just go for it. Justin Watson is their next leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rasheed Rice, yeah. Noah Gray, Sky Moore, uh, Marquez mm-hmm. Valdez Scantling. The the last two names I know, Tony I know, and he wears number nineteen. Yep. But Sky he's Moore not was even, a high pick. Valdez Scantling had his best years with right. Aaron Rodgers, and right. But no, but but even he, 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 some of these guys aren't aren't. Have, Kind of been disappointments, really. Here's the thing. On Thursday, but they still figured if out. Travis Kelsey was sore and wanted to watch the box, wanted to watch in the box would, with Taylor Swift, would, and they had to matter. go with Justin Watson, Rishi would Rice, matter. and Noah Gray, they'll would still beat matter. the Broncos. They'll still beat him. They'll still beat him. They'll still beat him. They'll beat him with their defense. They'll beat him with their defense. They, they, there's nothing wrong with their defense. Absolutely nothing wrong with their defense. Yeah. And, and a lot that's right. And they play like a team. Uh, the Broncos yesterday, and, and and this happens every week in the second half, save for the Chicago game. They're jogging through. I I, I mean, I, I I was texting out yesterday on the touchdown run by Hall. Second two years here, last year sixty two years, uh, sixty two yards. This year seventy two yards. And of course, last year he tore up his knee. Right. And uh, he he channeled that pretty effectively. Oh <laughs> yeah, I would say so. There were some bad memories of the plane here too, obviously. And he channeled it pretty well, stayed patient, and when the opening was there, he was I, I great. Mean, he no, was nobody. Brees Hall was nobody. So and listen, he's great, but Jackson, who's supposed to know what he's doing, uh, takes a bad angle, and he can't run anyway anymore. And 
and and Simmons is just jogging through his paces during during the game yesterday. You know, played well. Finally, I thought Sertan. Yeah, I thought Sertan was good. That, that was a good Sertan game. Uh, Zach Allen played well, and Doctor Perea identified Benito. Benito had a good game. Cooper was nowhere to be found. The inside linebackers just stunk. Um, you know, Jones goes out. So he only plays 18% of the snaps. He gets hurt. So there's really nothing. Give a little uh, prop, on. and I'm not saying it's a big part of the future, but hey, you got to call it good where good is. Uh, and one of the, the stories of the preseason, very quietly, Elijah Garcia kept making plays, kept making plays, kept making plays. Eventually made the practice squad, got his first NFL sack yeah. uh, in this game as well, and did so uh, right up the middle. A, a nice play there, but. Uh, I, I think you brought it up with with and played seventeen percent with Doctor Rick. Uh, you know, I mean, right. Henningsen played twelve percent. All, all the this seems supposed Nick to be Benito, a youth movement. Nick Benito looked like really? the guy that plays with the most energy on defense. I think you're exactly right. But he didn't even play three out of every four snaps. No. See, so they 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 here are the guys who played every snap on defense: Sutan, Simmons, Singleton, and Mathis. Uh, Jackson ninety one percent, Cooper eighty six percent, Allen eighty six percent, Jewel eighty six percent. Harris, who was invisible again, 78%. They all played more than Benito played. That's two, four, six, eight, nine. Right. He he got less playing time than nine. And those are all coaching decisions. Starts. All coaching, all coaching decisions. decisions. Whether it's Vance Joseph in collaboration with other defensive coaches or with a head coach, whatever. Because I know... Peyton said last week, well, we talk about well, personnel I, packages and we talk about how we're going to substitute and so on. But this is the New York frickin' Jets. And I, I'm guessing Benito didn't play more than 74% of the snaps because they don't think he plays the run as well as some of these other Oh, guys. the other guys must be great at it. Didn't I'm sorry, didn't they average 7.3 uh, per carry they, they as did, a team? And they had 234 yards rushing, most of them coming in the second half. Ta- that, tackling 234 yards rushing. Per pro football focus, the Broncos' defensive tackling is the worst in the league. Not a huge surprise. But remember, it's a one-to-one. You one, mean with the tackling machines right. and inside line? It's a one-to-100 grade, right? You want to guess where the Broncos are in tackling? By the way, uh, not not not, uh, and I don't mean are in like ranked in the league. They're dead last. Twenty nine. And if you wanted to know more about that, is the Jets are trying to run out the clock. I mean, that's not, not, not twenty nine out of thirty two. They're thirty two out of thirty two with a rating of twenty nine in tackling on a one to one hundred scale. If you were in high school, you'd still be thirty points away from failing. You wouldn't even still get to the D minus. And, and nothing shows that more than the pass late in the game to Tyler Conklin, who apparently looked like he was just dragging grade school kids. The Broncos needed to get him There's down. No They're effort. trying to run out the There's clock. No effort to get he him grabbed down. almost, no, it broke no through effort. virtually eight out of the 11 he, Broncos. He looked like a cross between Mike Ditka, Russ Francis, the late, great Russ Francis, and, uh, and the French. Mark Pavaro. No, 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 but I'm <laughs> oh, saying no, you're that just talking a tight, tight ends. End. I'm talking, yeah, everybody. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a nice player, Conklin, but he's not in a class with the all time tight people. who would drag people along who were trying. The Broncos weren't trying. And, uh, you know, I, they quit in Miami. They were about to quit in Chicago, and the Bears just Bears handed let them back the in. Just handed them the game. Uh, and, and they quit yesterday. 
And, and say the, Justin Simmons played, and I like Justin Simmons, and he's a good player, and I know he's coming off an injury, and my guess is, just a guess, he's far from 100%. And there may be a bit of a business decision in there, and which there if, you're, if you're Justin Simmons and you joined and you, this team you in you 2016, you want to be traded, and you have experienced you nothing show but misery, you know, yeah. I, I, I better would, get out in the field. It's it's going to be a very very interesting rest of there, the season because there are. when multiple guys, Sandy, to my mind, when you see multiple guys start easing off the gas, see it's easy when when one or two players does it. Whatever, any pick pick your name, any wide receiver starting to round off things. Okay, round off their their routes. Okay, you can say about that. Somebody really isn't put the effort in their tackle. You can say about that. But when you go up and down the roster and can clearly see the effort isn't there. At a certain point, is it easier to say all 53 guys happen to have the same attitude problem or perhaps they don't believe in their coaching staff? Because oftentimes it's a little bit of both. And I think that's a lot of what we've talked about today is that this is Sean Payton's team from top to bottom. George Payton has been relegated. He has the title, but not the power. And... To my mind, I look at a roster that doesn't believe in they, that coaching staff. They, uh, they are. And it only took them a month uh, to do it. Who knows what the motivations actually are. Because you're not going to be attractive to other teams if you're dogging them. Or if you're and, hurt. Uh, well, true. But. There are too many guys on this team jogging through. And you know what was interesting to me? Last week in the Buffalo Papers, late in the week, there was a story suggesting that the Buffalo Bills might be willing to do what it takes to trade for Patrick Sedan. Tredavious White tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. I think it was a torn Achilles, right? Um, Milano goes out yesterday with yep. a leg injury. They think he'll be out for the year, just as Vaughn Miller is starting to ramp up and uh, return to action. Um, probably have to play a little more now than maybe he had counted on. But in any case, that story came out of Buffalo. I think that if it came out of Buffalo, the Broncos are calling Buffalo, knowing that White is out and saying, how about Patrick Satan? I think that is happening. I mean, they're not I talking about DeMarie Mathis. No. And I don't it, – White's a corner. Right. They're not talking about Justin Simmons no. either. I believe that. And if it's, well, they can't trade Satan because George Payton drafted – George Payton, it doesn't matter what George Payton thinks about Patrick Satan. It matters what Sean Payton thinks, for better or for worse. And, you know, I, I, I think you could probably get Buffalo's first for Satan. I think so. But well, where's that going to be? None of these other guys are going to bring a first. No, there's no other player on this roster that will bring a first. None. Zero. In fact, I think the In only... Fact, the only other the only player guy that will bring who a second might is Simmons. And that's it. Simmons. That's it. I'm not no sure longer Judy, Judy brings a second I don't second think so. Anymore. Not now. Because people have seen. Now, not they've now. seen five games this year. And I know he was hurt. 
and and hasn't played in all five games. But now the way you look at Judy here in Denver, the last six games last year were out. They, they were yeah. No, nobody cared. Uh, speaking of stat padding, I mean that is what he was doing. The game the games didn't mean anything. Uh, Wilson got on the ball. Uh, other teams knew that they, it, Wilson and or Judy weren't going to beat them out of a ball game. So they fattened up their stats, especially Judy, in the last half dozen games. He He's right back to being the same guy, and he's played enough in the first five games to know that he's he's not a threat. And I think Jets look over there. They say, we don't have to double-team anybody. No. There's nobody. Well, that was the this thing. Receiving they didn't have to double-team. Team. That's why they could afford the spy. That's exactly right. That's one fewer guy you can use in coverage. Because you didn't have to double-team anybody. Exactly right. It, it is a disaster. And the local squad, by the way, uh, could find themselves potentially uh, in dead last all by themselves, even though they will have it a tiebreaker regardless when there's, you know, there's, there's a little football on tonight. Football's going on all the time. So why bet with the big boys this season? Try your hand at the local book, Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door, just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day using the promo code Mile High. So bet with the best. And use promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We have uh, one more opportunity to break this disaster down. Uh, It it is going to be a long rest of the season for the Denver Broncos. Uh, How bad will it get? We'll bat it around next on MILEHIGH Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, Sandy, the Denver Broncos have a short week, so you, I, 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 I got nothing. I can't. Good, well, bad, indifferent. I guess you're no over. Clear evidence that practice has done them yeah. any good. Oh wait, and they won't be practicing this week. They're just doing walkthroughs. Okay, there'll be nothing resembling. They'll try something different. A, a pra- well, that's the, true with all Sunday to right, Thursday right. night games. The they do method? walkthroughs. They do walkthroughs. <laughs> the Hackett method, the jog through. Yeah, the jog yeah, through. That's right. I will. No, I will say this. I, I figured out. I, you know, I started the sentence and I couldn't figure out the positive spin. I I did because I had a uh, a couple people text me during the game and point out that I I choose to watch keep doing this to myself on Sundays. You're free. Plan something to do on Sunday. You're good. That's well, right. you, you maybe might watch better football. Oh, I but love I mean, the fact otherwise... that Thursday night. I I dislike Thursday night football, but I love the fact that the Broncos won't be in our hair on Sunday. So yeah, I mean, you just watch the games yeah, you want to watch, watch that are yeah. actually good games. You can watch you're not, good games. You're not and... forced to watch. So there you this go. Garbage. You can watch like a you know a pure football weekend. Uh, so so there's that. I mean that works out, but. 
they are going, I mean, you know, it's hilarious. Under normal circumstances, you're supposed to look at it and say, well, what can they do against the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, what they can do is lose, and they can lose. In, They've done that 15 right, times. In either, you know, embarrassing fashion or less embarrassing fashion. I guess we'll find out which one it is. It's the idea of, you know, whether would you like to, uh, would you like to, you know, leave the club or would you rather us throw you out? I, I guess, you know, you could pick one. Maybe one's better than the other. I, I don't know. But they get the Chiefs this week. Then they get Green Bay, a game that ordinarily a Denver Broncos team, you think, eh, at home, they, they might be able to uh, surprise. Uh, I don't think they'll be favored. No, I, I don't think they'll be favored at all. Then they get and Kansas Green City Bay is again. Not that good. And then after a bye week, in which case, by the way, the some of the Buffalo players could get healthier, or they may make trades because the Buffalo game comes after the See, deadline. Um the Buffalo game may include Patrick Sertan playing <laughs> on the other for side. Buffalo in that game. Then you get, so I mean, at best, at best, Sandy, at best, they win one of their next four games. At best. So two and seven at the best possible outcome. And that gets you yep. now towards Thanksgiving. You get Minnesota at home. Uh, Minnesota's having a really bad year, but I think but they they're can still score. better than the Broncos. They can score. Cousins is playing well. Cleveland is another team that has enough offense to become. Folks, with the Broncos' defense, the offense you have to have is not Listen, to be... the Broncos can't score off Cleveland. Right. Unless Cleveland gives them the ball. Cleveland's defense is the real deal. Yeah, Miles Garrett's going to eat Russell Wilson alive. Yeah. Uh, then you go to Houston, where C.J. Stroud may still not have thrown a pick yet. Speaking of teams that play hard. Yeah. They play it. Now, they got beat yesterday. Who's their coach again? They got Was beat. Was it the guy that turned yeah. down the Broncos? Just checking. Anyway. Yeah, because he thought it's the same reason Kyle Shanahan looked at the 49ers and said, one, they're giving me a better deal. They're giving me far more control than I'd ever have here, and they have a better future. And this, he made this observation when the 49ers the previous two years had fired Chip Kelly and that, that dunce Tom Sula, the defensive line coach, who they hired over Fangio, which tells you what they thought of Vic Fangio as a head coach. They hired some numbskull. There was a defensive line coach working for Fangio, who's the coordinator. But That, that should have been the so, canary so, in the coal mine. Oh, right. Yeah. So uh, Kyle knew San Francisco was a better situation, had a better future. And I think D'Amico Ryan's, made the same calculation about the Houston Texans, hard as this may be to believe that the Texans had a better future. They would give him uh, more authority and that it's a team that was ready to be molded. Unlike this mismatch of uh, losers, has-beens, and never-wers. The Broncos' maximum win total on the year is five. That's max. Could they beat they Green will Bay? Not, they will not win five. They games. will not win five. They will not. Uh, could they beat Houston? I suppose it's possible. Could they beat New England? Uh, you know, it's That's in, more possible. It's in Denver. Uh, it is on Christmas Eve, and they could win that. Oh, one. it is on Christmas could Eve. They go, okay. Will they go into Vegas and beat the Raiders? I guess it's conceivable. I wouldn't count on it. They've already lost at home to the Raiders, so I don't know why you'd lose on the road to the Raiders, but uh, who knows? But, I mean... This is going to be a, a, a spot for the Broncos at a certain point, and I've already heard a lot from a lot of the fans out there like, okay, forget it, tank, tank. As you pointed out, John Payton, it, it's not really tanking's not his thing because then his team looks bad, and that would 
Make him. Make him look bad. Look bad. The folks over at Sumer Sports have the Broncos right now with a 12.3% chance, the top pick in the draft. That is the third most likely behind uh, only the Arizona Cardinals, who still slightly have the, the, uh, the odds. And then the Carolina team Panthers. That's competing, though. Oh, they, I, they, they played a bad uh, game. I think the Cardinals are going to steal but, a couple here and there. But, I, they, but they, they fight. But they do fight. Yeah, now, they quarterback, do. quarterback who's been surprisingly good didn't play well yesterday. That, that can happen. But they play hard. Houston plays hard. I mean, Houston technically right now is ahead of Tennessee. I mean, they're mm-hmm. two and three, and Tennessee is two and three, but I mean, tiebreakers, they're ahead of Houston. And you know what? They're only a game back of Jacksonville and Indy, and Indy's going to be without Richardson for at least a month. Now, I'm not sure that's a bad thing because I think Gardner Minshew can help them win right now yeah, I do more too. than Richardson can. And Jacksonville, uh, heck, if Jacksonville just stayed over in London and played the rest of their games as either a home or road team, right? Either one, because they were technically the road team yesterday. It, it, they might go 14-3. and three. <laughs> They if, might it, lose one game if they just stayed over in London, but they huh. can't. They have to come back to Jacksonville at some point. Um, Lawrence, who was terrible in London, last year against the Broncos, right. was actually not so great yesterday, but good enough and was really good the week before in London. So and maybe they found their footing. But you, you can go all over and find teams like Pittsburgh with they're minus 31. They're in yeah. first place. Yes. Yep. That's because you know well three and two. You want to know because what they, they have, have a coach. They got the coach who's one part of they one of the organizations the that understand performance psychology, understand what the head coach does and doesn't do, and the head coach doesn't pretend to be a personnel wizard or anything but a great head coach who coaches the entire team. And they find ways to win. I'm watching most of that game via red zone yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're down ten to nothing early, and oh, any were, other team of that caliber will lose by thirty. Yesterday, they win the game, finishing with seventeen unanswered points. That's Mike Tom. We'll have to get into that maybe a bit tomorrow. The point you just made, and correctly so, coaches the whole team. We went from a Denver Broncos team in which. The head coach in Vic Fangio was uh, ambivalent at best towards the notion of offense. And now they have seemed to let the pendulum swing the other direction where you have a coach that is able to completely wash his hands of his own defense. What problems do that bring to the fore? Well, I think for the Broncos, you see it right now. They are the worst by many measurements in the last 42 years. Not of the Broncos, in the entire NFL since 1981. Quick note. Uh, we didn't play the soundbite today because it was a little bit convoluted. But I was watching first take this morning when Mike Greenberg took off on Peyton. And I thought it was brilliant. It kind of, if I were a petty man, I'd say, and he made about three or four points that way uh, about Peyton and his criticism of Hackett and everything else. Or you could just say what Robert said. And then Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan sitting next to him, who's still campaigning for some reason to be Bronco defensive coordinator well, might get and shot. wants to stay on Sean Payton's good side, said, well, you got to pay attention to the defense. And Greenberg just scoffs at him. 
shut up. Well, you know, you got to shoot your shot, Rex. I mean, you might have a chance sooner rather than later. We'll find out. He's the head coach. He's responsible for the defense, too. Of course, Rex Ryan is one of those coaches who thought he was only responsible for defense. Robert Saul had it pegged as they shake hands. The cameras caught them as uh, Saul leaned in and just had two words to say to Sean Payton. Stay humble. I hope that's what he said. That is a uh, very, very solid move. So uh, thanks so much for everyone who's been listening. Always appreciate it, whether you're doing it done on the FM or the HD, whether uh, you're on MileySports.com or listening on the Miley Sports app, or you can get all of it all at once. Thanks to Danny Bailey for putting everything together. Nothing gets done without him. Dr. Rick Priya joins us, as he always does, on Mondays. Check his website out at think14u.org. That's the number four. We'll be back tomorrow with more. The Broncos with a disaster performance in what appears to be a lengthy disaster of a year. But at least uh, this week is short. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. We will be back in just about 22 hours. But in the meantime, keep it right here on My Life Sports. Yeah.